Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Steelers Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Steelers Wire editor, Kurt Popejoy. All right, welcome into the program, man. Steelers, back at the win column, Kurt. I mean, what do you think about that ending against the Ravens on Sunday? That was wild. I couldn't believe it. I, I mean, I you know, I knew the Steelers would play him close. I think I had it three points for win, Baltimore winning by three. But uh, I would have never, never imagined it would have come down to a two-point conversion that could have sent it into overtime. I mean, that was just crazy. That was a, the, the way Pittsburgh came out and, and the offense started clicking. That They're just a fourth-quarter team. I mean, it's a – that there's no surprise that they're going to come out in the fourth quarter and, and rally a little bit, but man, that's, I think a lot of people, myself included, had kind of, kind of looked at this game as kind of the end of the season. If they didn't win against Baltimore, there really wasn't much hope in, in climbing their way back. And so I think for at least for a couple of weeks, they've saved their season, you know, and we'll, we'll see what they do on a short week now. But I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta enjoy you know, beating a rival in that fashion. You know, I I, I was, to, to quote Mike Tomlin, I was very appreciative of the efforts of those players <laughs> on Sunday. That was absolutely that was crazy how hard they went. I, I think watching the game, and I do want to talk about Harbaugh's decision to go for two. I know a lot goes into that, and it's a fascinating thing, and I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, but, you know, just watching the game, Kurt, uh, last week we talked, uh, and we kind of broke that, you know, we were talking about this Ravens game, and, and I was just so down on the Steelers. They'd just given up 82 points in back-to-back weeks, right? Got blown out by Cincy. I was just so down on them. I, was, I think I took the Ravens to cover. And, you know, when I actually did approach the game from a sports betting perspective, I bet the over. I stayed away from the spread. But watching the game, I was like, I was so mad at myself. Because obviously the, the over didn't hit. 20-19 to 19 final, the over was, it, it was the under hit. And I'm just kicking myself during the game. I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, the Ravens have been inconsistent. I've been down on the Ravens all year. I've hated the Ravens this year. I think they're the most overrated team in the league. They haven't been that good. They're not certainly yeah. not an 8-4 and four team, right? They're, they should no. be, They could be 6-6, six and six, you know, some of these games that they've had, right? And this just felt like such a typical Steelers spot, right? The sky's falling. You know, everybody's down yeah. on the Steelers. They're like four-and-a-half-point dogs at home against a division rival. Of course they pick themselves up off the mat and win the game outright, right? Like, of course that happened. So I have to, yeah. just, I just have to come out and, like, yell at myself a little bit to start the show. Just get this off my chest. I was pissed <laughs> at myself for not betting the Steelers. I should have seen this coming. How did I not see it coming? I'm just so mad about this. I'm so mad about that. Well, and like I said, I, I, I knew the game would be close. I, I knew that after giving up 41 in back-to-back games, there was no way, just as a point of pride, um, Cam Hayward and those guys were going to let let uh, Baltimore do what had happened to them the last two weeks. I, I knew that wouldn't happen, but I honestly thought it was going to come down to, you know, a Justin Tucker field goal late to win it instead. But uh, yeah, I mean, from a betting point of view, you know, you, you hate to ever bet against Pittsburgh at home if you're getting points, but at the same time, it, it just raises more. It, I, I personally think that the Steelers' performance last Sunday it, it raises more questions than it answers. You know, how can a team that has played so poorly for three weeks, going back to the tie against Detroit, 
could suddenly play as well as they did. Like, like what changes, you know, took place in that one week that would, you know, I know that TJ Watt got a week of rest and came out and had a huge game and, and those sorts of things. But, you know, how, how does this, how does this go this way? And if you watch the Steelers close enough, you see the sort of common thread in the games they win as opposed to the games they lose or the games that they, they play very close sometimes and lose. And it followed that same formula. Steelers go no huddle. Ben starts to put up some points. You know, special teams makes a play or two. You get a turnover. You know, those sorts of things kind of, you know, and obviously if you're a team with playoff aspirations or Super Bowl aspirations, you hate that so many things have to go right for you to win a game. But, yeah, I mean, we should have we should have all seen it coming, that, that there was no way they were going to play a fourth bad game in a row. So, you know, that, what does that mean about next week? Does that mean they're just going to fall off the cliff? Possibly. I don't know. Possibly. I, I, but you're so right, though. I mean, whenever they go up tempo, Kurt, they get it rolling. Oh. They got to do that more. They, they Just stop huddling. Just stop huddling. Ben, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, there's something about that. There's definitely something there. Yeah, and and even Deontay Johnson said it after the game. He said, "We love it when Ben just does his thing, and we don't even hear from the offensive coordinator." <laughs> he like said, a, "We, yeah, we love it." An, that you might know? be an indictment. Who knows? Who knows? I, you know, you hate to you, you hate to you hate to hear him say it like that. But at the same time, what better time this week? I know a little later we're going to talk more about the game coming up this week, but short week. You can't install a whole new game plan. You're basically going to look at the last two games and you're going to create a game plan from that. What better week to use a lot of no huddle than this week where you don't really have time to do a big formal, you know, scripted kind of game plan. You just kind of let Ben do his thing and, 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 you know, prosper from it. So I, I look for more this week. I look for more tempo this week and no huddle. I love it. No, it's that's the way to go. Just do whatever you were doing in the fourth quarter. Just keep doing that. And I, and I think that yeah. kind of played into the Ravens' decision to go for two. Now, now I want to get into this and just put on your Steelers, like, you know, your Steelers sweatshirt and your hat for a second. Put on your fan cap for a minute, Kurt. What are you? How are you feeling as a fan when the Ravens, you know, are, are signaling two from the sideline? They score the game-tying touchdown, but they're not going to send their future Hall of Fame kicker out to tie the game and go to overtime they're keeping the offense on the field to go for two. Like, what are you feeling as a fan in that moment? Because you don't get this. Well, I, we don't see this all the time. Yeah. I mean, at, at that point in the game, I'm sitting here, my, my wife's here, my daughter's here, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, another overtime game. And my mind immediately goes to Detroit. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, they're going to drag this out. No team, neither team is going to be able to do anything in overtime, and we're going to have another time. You know, and, and, and that was my first thought. And then when they, the announcers are like, well, you know, Justin Tucker's not coming out on the field and Harbaugh's trying to win it right here, I thought it's over. And Mark Andrews was actually the guy I told my wife. I said, I said, watch for Mark Andrews. And she's like, and she knows I'm an OU guy. And so she's like, that's the guy you were talking about from Oklahoma, right? And I said, yeah. I said, watch for him because Pittsburgh went out there full max blitz, zero cover, they were not going to let, you know, a quarterback draw beat them. They were not going to let a, an option play beat them. And they, they played it perfect, you know. And when I saw the, the snap, you could immediately see Mark Andrews come open out there. I mean, it, it instantly, you know, Terrell Edmonds was completely out of position. He, he, didn't, he didn't follow him. And in your heart, you're just like, 
it's over. You know, this is going to be one of those don't live in your fears kind of plays that, that the Ravens use to win these kinds of games when they really don't play very good football. So as a fan, I was, I was so nervous. I was like, they're going to do it. They're, they're going to beat them. You know, yeah. they're going to, they're going to dump it over the top to an offensive tackle or some nonsense that, that's going to point to, you know, just lack of communication or lack of preparedness or whatever. So yeah, that was hard. But my first thought when they scored was it's going to be a tie because they're (laughs) going to kick it. They're going to kick the extra point and then we're going to go to overtime and both teams are going to dig up the middle of the field and then it's going to be over. Yeah. It's, it's funny how that works because you know, watching the game, you do feel like, Oh man, all the, the Steelers are in trouble here. They're going for two that the Steelers are in trouble. But then when you like think about it a little bit longer after the game, it's like the pressure's on the offense actually, because this is not an easy play. There's a reason why teams don't go for two a lot. It's because Mm -hmm. on the two yard line, Kurt, it's a tough play, right? Exactly. You have to almost have to scheme something up for like, you know, an eligible offensive lineman or something or do something tricky because you're a little bit too far away from the goal line from the two yard line to really run it in against those heavy defensive fronts, especially against the Steelers. And then as a passer, you have no room, right? There's all these bodies uh, in a short space, and you really got to be accurate and kind of put an accurate throw in there. And when you get pressure, like TJ Watt put on Lamar, he's not throwing an accurate pass, and the percentages to complete that thing and and convert it go way down. There's a reason teams don't do this. So I think there's more pressure on the offense in that situation. And you just look at this decision by Harbaugh, and it's like, man – I can see teams going for two in the situation when they're not sure if their idiot kicker can make it. But you got Justin yeah. Tucker. You got Justin <laughs> Tucker. He's a future Hall of Famer. You know that ball's going through, and you have an advantage because how many of these overtime games ended a field goal eventually, right? So many of them. So I, and that's the where only I push other, back a little bit, but go ahead. And the, Well, the only other thing I can say, and like I said, Harbaugh came out and said, we wanted to win it in regulation because we were out of healthy cornerbacks. And there it is, right? I get that. Yeah. But even even if that wasn't the case – we had already seen a couple of bad kicks and I'm firmly convinced that that new sod was given the kickers problems, you know, for Chris Boswell to miss that kick. I mean, that just, and it was just a horrible miss. I mean, the hold was good. Snap was good. Then um, Presley Harvin had a bad punt and you saw his, his foot kind of catch on the, on the sod, his plant foot. It's like, you know, maybe that would figure into it. You know, you're, you're, it's a risk if you, if you, uh, put them out there and you'd seen some, some kickers and, and punters having trouble. But I, I think that the, the decision was great. The play call was great. Three inches lower and Baltimore wins it. I mean, you can't fault anybody other than, and you really can't fault Lamar Jackson either. I mean, that dude had been sacked seven times. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he no had to be a little skittish, you know, yep. he, he's not a guy who you put in that position to make that throw historically, you know, Ben Ben converted that two point on a very similar play, and that's something that he you know th- those are the moments he's there for you know those are the plays that he's he's done his whole career. Lamar Jackson, you got to give him a lot of credit. I mean he he had taken a beating and knew that he was very good chance he was going to get hit one more time, regardless. And he just floated the pass a little bit. You know, he had to adjust his adjust the angle a little bit because of pressure. And it, it was that close. You know, it was literally that close. But, yeah, I don't I, I can't imagine what was going through the minds of Ravens fans 
when when they went out there to to go for two instead of just taking the automatic and and taking your chances in overtime that'd be that'd be terrifying <laughs> it's scary all the way around which makes it a great great thing it was a great play it was a great moment it, it, you know you wish you could see more moments like that in games because that was just a, an awesome finish you see ben on the sideline dying watching you know he has nothing to do with this he has to watch it uh, you know unfold it was just it was just tremendous it was just tremendous i love the way oh, that game yeah, and he had to watch the defense basically just let him walk down there and score. Yeah. I mean, that's the scary part was was that – One of those drives. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those – you know, after after the defense had stepped up and played pretty well, all of a sudden they just decided that they were just going to let let Baltimore get, go down there and get that score. And it, I'm sure that had the entire offense like, here we go again. You know, just another one of these kinds of things. And so, yeah, that that was tough. We love playing overtime in Pittsburgh. They're trying to be the first team that yeah. have two ties. I don't God. know if that's ever happened. So I don't season. know if it has either. Season. So leave it to the Steelers. But good to be back in the win column. Good to get, uh, you know, that little losing skid behind the Steelers. We'll see if they can keep it up in a short week here on Thursday night. We'll get into that game and more with our questions of the week right after this. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. I'm Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays for Week 14 of the fantasy football season. Quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh Steelers at Minnesota Vikings. His two best fantasy games have come in the last three weeks, and while his arm isn't what it used to be, Big Ben can still remain efficient with short area passing and rack up a couple of touchdowns along the way. Roethlisberger has at least two touchdown passes in three of his last four contests, and Minnesota has given up three or more such plays in the last five games, including 296 yards, three touchdowns, and no picks to Jared Goff last week. Even Dallas Cowboys backup Cooper Rush torched his defense in week 8, and in the five games leading up to week 13, Minnesota's ranked 34.7% better than average for a quarterback to face. Carolina Panthers running back Chuba Hubbard versus Atlanta Falcons. The rookie's last game as a starter came in week 8 at Atlanta, in which he finished with 16.1 PPR points, his second best showing to date. The Panthers are not only without running back Christian McCaffrey for the rest of the year, but offensive coordinator Joe Brady was fired during the bye week. Hubbard should benefit from the newfound dedication to the running game, and he's a strong play number two in weekly formats. Minnesota Vikings wide receiver K.J. Osborne versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wide receiver Adam Thielen has an ankle injury and has been ruled out for this Thursday nighter. And Osborne is the next man up against a Steelers defense that will be without cornerback Joe Hayden once again. While that doesn't directly impact Osborne, it shifts the coverage around in his favor. Four times in the last five games, a wide receiver scored against the Steelers, and the position has averaged the 12th most yards per game during that window of operation. Osborne is a slightly risky but certainly viable wide receiver three with number two upside. New York Giants tight end Evan Ingram at Denver Broncos. Ingram might as well have Tom the hot dog salesman throwing to him in week 14, but this matchup is so dang good that it's hard to get away from it. Quarterback Daniel Jones is unlikely to play, and his backup Mike Glennon suffered a concussion in week 13. That leaves Jake Fromm as the third stringer. In reality, is Fromm really that much worse, if at all, than Glennon? Probably not. LA has allowed tight ends five touchdowns in the last 22 catches, which is solidly the easiest matchup in that metric. Play Ingram as a flyer for a cheap touchdown. The playoffs will be upon us in week 15. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, information, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. 
podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. We've reached that point of the show, Kurt, where it's the questions of the week where I send questions your way that you're not prompted on. And here's question number one. Hits on this Thursday night football game here coming up. Big Ben came out, gave us a quote. Says no one likes Thursday night football but the NFL. And uh, But what about the fans? That's what I want to ask you, Kurt, because you know if you take Thursday night football away from me, I, you know, I might need therapy. And Thursday night football <laughs> is part of my life now. And uh, so I have to disagree with Big Ben. I love Thursday night football, but I know there's legitimate concerns about player safety and all that. So how do you feel about Thursday night football? Is this something that could, should continue forever? I think it should. I mean, I love, I'm the same way. I love having an extra NFL game. The only people who complain about Thursday night football are the fans of the losing team. It's true. Yeah. Because they always come back to, well, it was a short week and blah, 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 you know, and, and, you know, that other team had a short week too, and they found a way to win. I'll admit it's not always the most entertaining game of the week. Um, you know, it's not the most, you know, the the cleanest game of football. A lot of times it's a little sloppy. But if you're an NFL fan, you're an NFL fan. You know, if you're a football fan, you want to watch as much football as possible. So, no, I'm, I don't, I don't want to see anything happen to Thursday night football. I would like to see him be a little more mindful of the schedule leading into it. And I can't say I've watched – I, I've tracked this for every Thursday night game, but, you know, I, I think they need to be more respectful of the fact that the two teams that are going to play on Thursday, I, I wrote about this, you know, Pittsburgh had to play an afternoon game against the division rival heading into this game, and Minnesota played an early kickoff against a really bad football team at home going into this game. I don't know if it will have any bearing on the outcome, but I do think they should try to line the, the Thursday night opponents up as closely as possible in terms of what happened to them the week before. But that's pretty minor um, for me. I, I just want to see as much football as I can. In December, right, we, we start talking about the playoffs and the playoff picture a lot and, and all those division races. But we also, like, you know, for your site on Steelers Wire, Kurt, you're, you're going to start looking ahead to 2022, you know, maybe some draft prep, early mm-hmm. draft stuff, uh, free agents. So, you know, which 2022 Steelers free agent, I know you had an article up on Steelers Wire about this this week, which coming, mm-hmm. you know, which Steelers free agent that's coming up here is your top priority to, to re-sign? Oof. You know, I've thought a lot about this because there's three wide receivers hitting free agency. Um, and to me, I think one of those guys, I honestly would prefer if they could find a way to bring Juju back. I think he would be my number one priority right now. Um, James Washington's a free agent. Ray Ray McLeod's a free agent. I think that you have to bring one back, and I would just as soon it be Smith-Schuster. I think coming off a knee injury, he's not going to have huge demand on the open market. Steelers got a ton of cap room. They can manipulate that contract a little bit, backload it a little bit. Um, He's my guy. I know that a lot of people look at it and say, oh, it's got to be Joe Hayden, you know. I think Joe Hayden's feels like he's he's still in his prime i think the money's not going to be right i think pittsburgh has shown with him out that they've got some guys who can play cornerback um you know i i know that that's a a player that a lot of fans look at and go what you know you got to bring him back um terrell edmonds is another guy that i'm sure a lot of people feel like 
they passed on his fifth year option, but they need to, you know, need to bring him back. For me, it's probably Juju at this point. I, I, I'd like to see him be the guy um, that they do not because they aren't going to have to invest huge money into him. I don't think he couldn't get it last year on the market healthy. I don't think he's going to get it this year coming off a knee injury. So he Juju would be my my guy to bring back. That's an interesting take. I, I did not think about Juju. I, I definitely thought about Joe Hayden hard. Uh, but, you know, you didn't mention the first guy on your list there on Steelers Wire, Ben Roethlisberger. You didn't mention him. Interesting, yeah. Kurt. Interesting. Okay. Well, and he can come back. His <laughs> his years are voidable. Yep. I mean, if they if they choose to void his contract, that's different. But if not, he can say, I'm coming back. So, so I, I look at him as kind of a loophole free agent type, you know, compared to, compared to some of the others. But, yeah, I mean, obviously – Ben's going to be Ben yeah, at this point. No doubt. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I love the take. I thought Juju was a, a nice take. It was kind of a curveball. I didn't, wasn't expecting that out of you, Kurt. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, okay, question number three. Take your pick. TJ Watt or Miles Garrett for Defensive Player of the Year? Those are the two favorites right now for the award. Uh, it's got to be Watt. I mean, he's done more in fewer games. Um, he And, you know, I think I, all my Browns hatred aside, you can look at the numbers. T.J. Watt leads the league in sacks, and he's missed two full games and part of two more with injuries. Um, but the difference for me is when I watch the Browns' defense play, when Miles Garrett is playing well, I don't see that impact the rest of his defense. T.J. Watt's teammates have come out and said, when he's playing well, it makes us all play harder. Like, we all want to be better because of the effort that T.J. Watt puts out. And I think that, well, I've quoted, I've tweeted this out almost every game this season that Watt's played. T.J. Watt is probably better at football than anyone else is at anything else. I mean, he just does everything. You know, he just can do anything out there. And so I'm not necessarily in the camp of like Ben Roethlisberger and these guys saying he should be getting MVP votes. Um, But I do think at this point, uh, he's got to be the front runner for defensive player of the year. If he, you know, he's got 16 sacks already. Um, you know, he's probably going to break the break records. I mean, as far as that goes, franchise records, all those kinds of things. Um, and, and done it in 10 games. I mean, he's played fewer games than, than Miles Garrett. So yeah, that's, that's an easy one for me. And I honestly don't think that being a, a Steelers fan, you know, I know it plays into it, but, it's just amazing to watch him play, you know, the things he can do on the field and to do it, you know, we've all heard the stories of guys who get their big paydays and then don't really produce the way you expect them to. He, he, he acts like he's playing on his rookie contract. You know, he's still playing for that next contract. So yeah, I, I think he's just a, just kind of a, a rare breed among NFL players. No ego, um, team guy, you know, loves the game. You, you, you can't help but root for him. Now, yeah, 16 sacks in like nine and a half games. Get out of here. He's ridiculous. He's yeah. been unbelievable. And I guess the only the only argument for Garrett is that he's been on the field more. But again, yeah. like you said, Watt's done more in less time. So if you want to hold the, the injuries against him, okay. But I still don't think there's much yeah. to that argument. I don't. I think it's Watt yeah. uh, as we stand today. All right, so that's fun. That wraps up our questions of the week. Coming up next, we're going to look at the spread. Steelers, Minnesota on Thursday night football and make a pick. Stick with us. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. 
What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicap and homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Monday Night Football game between the Los Angeles Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Cardinals favor two and a half points and the total sitting at 51 and a half. I'm on the Cardinals minus two and a half here because they have the better quarterback and the better defense. And this line, this game is priced as if these teams are even even on a neutral field, whereas I think Cardinals are favored or should be favored on a neutral field. So I'll take them lane two and a half at home. Nate, how are you betting the Rams-Cardinals game? All right, so both teams rank in the top 10 in opponents passing yards per game, yet they love to throw the ball. The Rams are averaging under 24 points per game versus teams with top 10 pass defenses. Combine it all, and I think the under 52 looks good. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, this is kind of an interesting spread for Thursday night football, Kurt. Obviously, these games tend to favor the home team a ton uh, for obvious reasons on a short week, right? The home team is definitely usually gets a little bit more juice in these matchups. But the Steelers, I was a little surprised on Typico. Three and a half point dogs heading to Minnesota. Steelers coming off that, you know, exciting kind of had to have it divisional win at home. Meanwhile, Minnesota lost to the Lions. (laughs) They lost to the Lions on a walk off (laughs) touchdown by Jared Goff with four seconds left. So, and you know, I, I think some, they got some key injuries over there too. Dalvin cook being among them. So what's your lead off thought on Steelers getting three and a half points on the road in uh, Minnesota? I mean, I'm going to take those points because I, I think Pittsburgh is, I, I think they're, they're going to take advantage of this short week and kind of use the momentum. You know, the, the Vikings are going to be without Adam Thielen, um, which really is going to make them pretty thin at wide receiver. Uh, Dalvin Cook is he's questionable, but um, you know I, I think they're pretty happy with that Madison or Matison or whatever that running back that played last week. I think one of the, the the injury that could end up hurting the the Vikings more than anything is their their starting tackle, um, Darisaw Christian Darisaw I think his first name is he's out too. So anytime offensive linemen start going out against Pittsburgh, you have to look at that pass rush and, and, you know, anytime you can give them a little bit of a bump. So, yeah, I, I'm a little bit surprised. I, I understand, you know, most, 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 I think most experts look at it as, as you get three points just for being the home team. So I, I don't know how much of an advantage the odds makers really think Minnesota has this week, but I think, I think Pittsburgh is going to come out and play well. So. Yeah, I'm with you. You're, we are going into their, you know, dome or whatever it is over there in Minnesota. So it's indoors. It's on their turf. But I got three and a half points. That seems like that seems like too many points to give the Steelers. I'm happily taking the points in this one. And yeah, it's it's good to hear about the Minnesota offensive line being banged up. Maybe more, maybe more of a Chris Wormley coming off the edge there. Just this yeah, decimating yeah. quarterbacks, Kurt. How about that? Well, I think he liked picking on his old team. <laughs> yeah, he did. A little bit of extra juice in that one. Yeah, Mike Tomlin said after the game, he said, I told Worm, he said, anytime a, a team trades you within the division, that lets you know how, how good they thought you were. So make them pay for it. 
So how do you attack the weekend after the after the you know the the Thursday night game? How do you attack the weekend? Do you uh, do you watch football? Do you take a little break? You get away for a little mini bye week? How are you planning to attack this weekend? No, I'll still watch. I mean, they're, they're, the Steelers are you know first team out of the playoffs right now, so I gotta I gotta pay attention to a lot of teams this weekend to yeah. figure out this AFC playoff picture. So Bills Bucks, man. Uh, I'll be tuning in. Yeah, yeah. Bucks. I won't be I won't be taking any time off. That's for sure. It's you know a lot could happen. A lot could happen this week. They could end up in second place in the AFC North if things go right. So, yeah, no no breaks for me. I, I got to have football every weekend. Doesn't no. seem right if I don't. No doubt. Big Ben might hate it, but we love it. Thursday night football. Looking forward to this. Steelers, Vikings. Uh, for Kurt, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Everybody enjoy the, the Thursday night game. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll be back next week to break it all down. Catch you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.